Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... Well, one thing's nice and jacks, I'm Tom Eliani on the board, SP Futures up 21, NASDAQ Futures... Up 115, Dow Futures up 146, trying to make up for yesterday's uh, very wild day in the market. We were way down in the morning, then came back to actually up a little bit, then way back down, then back up, and we closed kind of right in the middle. Actually, we we closed, uh, well, we're as bad. Dow was down 482, a lot of that was Home Depot down 34 bucks, which is probably 200 points of that. S&P was down 44, and NASDAQ down 166, so... Not a good day in the market. Uh, we're trying to make back some of that. So far, we're back like halfway in the S and P, uh, and we'll see. We'll see what the day brings because uh, swings of eighty, ninety points in the Nasdaq futures were uh, very prevalent yesterday, which is way too wide for me. It doesn't doesn't show a good market fabric. Doesn't show standing orders, and it's it's not what you want to see. Anyway, uh, we have Mr. Kevin. You do. How are you? Uh, I woke up this morning. Rest is gravy. Well, you sound like Walter Brennan. <laughs> I get up, I look in the obituaries. Yeah, with, with, without, without the funny voice. Yeah. Um, well, my, a, a different funny voice, let's put it that way. I look in the obituaries, they don't see my name, I get dressed and go to work. It's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. Um, I have a question for you, uh, for you, uh, for your high-end tech people. One millennial and one old, old tech person. The young lady who's helping me watch. <laughs> Poor Maggie downstairs. Uh, she came up and I was talking to her the other night, and uh, she was telling me she has an iPhone, and uh, she's in the uh, I don't know kind of business. You do people's hair and all the other stuff. You make them look good. Uh, anyway, hairdresser, a hairstylist. <laughs> but they but they do everything. They do all kinds of different nail stuff and yeah, a salonist. Else. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I, yeah, whatever you girls do, I don't even want to know. Just um, you know, type of thing. But you, what are you saying, Tom? Just show up and look good, huh? Yeah, just whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> I had a, I got a haircut once in a salon. And the operative word there is once. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Um, I was in Arizona. Well, back, back when, uh, until COVID came along, I never let anybody but a woman uh, do my hair and only in, in salons and those kinds of things. Um, it uh, says a lot. Places because, uh, um, women, women care more about hair than men. We're not saying Generally, I don't do a better job. So I, I just trust them to, uh, you know, to have my best interest in hearts. Tell uh, what's up, Kevin. Along came up. COVID, and I had to untrust everybody because nothing, nothing was open. So I just took the, uh, I took the clippers to uh, put on a, a short comb cover, and I've been buzz cutting myself ever since. <laughs> and I've <laughs> never gone back. God. Anyway, I was. I was takes ten minutes. Yeah, it takes ten minutes, and uh, and and uh, and I'm done. And you know, I, I, low maintenance. All I have to do is get out and pat it dry with the towel in the morning. Uh, get out of the shower, and I'm good to go. Well, I was in Arizona. I recommend it to anyone. Yeah. So I, I don't mind, you know, the ladies at the barber shop, but the salons. Anyway, I went once in Arizona. It was a long, long time ago. I was back when I was I was playing a bunch of. Uh, there were a lot of good handball players out there, so I was playing a bunch of different play. We actually played outside in Arizona when it was like 100 degrees. That was rough, but I was younger. And uh, anyway, so my hair was too long. It kept getting my eyes playing handball, right? So 
I go to this lady. But, well, first of all, she turns out she was from Chicago. Whatever that smell is that's in those places, I have no idea. It's for the permanence or whatever. It's enough to drive you nuts. And she, all, I, all I heard about was her boyfriend was a bum, and he's in Chicago, and she was suing him. Did I know any lawyers? And I'm sitting there going, I don't need all this just for a haircut. So that was it. That was the last time. Just saying. Just saying. I well, I, uh, I, when I lived in St. Joseph, um, I, I actually used to get my haircut by uh, 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 a woman whose brother played for Jerry Tarkanian. Really? At, at Las Vegas, uh, Glenn Gondrzyk. And, uh, um, and, she always referred to Tarkanian as that old coot. Uh, you know, what was, was really bizarre it was his wife. She was cra- she between the two, the two of them were like the they were a crazy couple. But uh, she was she was the blonde with the huge big hair, and she was a but she made some int- some very interesting statements whenever NCAA was always after him for because all of a sudden he had this team that was like challenging UCLA and the rest of them, and uh, this tiny little campus and that, in those days. And uh, she goes, I don't quite get it. They're after us for paying players. Our guys are wearing letter jackets, and the guys from UCLA are wearing fur coats. <laughs> I don't never forget that line. But how, how true, right? Well, she was right. Oh, yeah. Hey, so my question is, the young lady has an iPhone, and she was telling me how she and another, uh, some lady in the business, were talking about some new line of products that evidently is, you know, high-end off the chart. She goes, she goes, I never touched my phone. I never Googled it. I never did anything. It was just, I knew of the product, got in the discussion. The next day, I started getting ads for the product on my phone. She goes, and the only way they could have known was by listening in. And uh, if that's true, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I want to do with my well, phone. It was, what, did she discuss it with a, a friend? Yes. They were discussing this product. Well, I, you know, you would like to think um, that they uh, that they aren't picking out keywords out of your uh, uh, phone conversations, um, but I, I'm I'm a very non-trusting person when it comes to security, especially as it relates to cell phones. Uh, so she. So know. Um, I, I would not um, I, I would not be shocked at anything I learn along the way here. Um, yeah. Anywho, so just just reporting that uh, she has. An, I, don't, I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know if that makes any difference. Probably doesn't. Uh, but she's not too happy about it. She doesn't know what to do about it, but not happy about it. Just saying. Well, I, you know, and I, I don't really, I don't get ads for things. So, you know, I don't know why. Um, maybe I'm just extra boring. You know, I don't know. Well, all you have to do is look for a, just today, just for grins, go on Google and, and, and look for tires. You'll get tire ads for a month. Good thing I don't use Google, huh? Well, I'm saying if you, if, whatever it is, I mean, I, I mean, if I use the, I, I, I keep uh, meaning to uh, download the DuckDuckGo, but I haven't yet. Oh, if you use Google, it's all it's all you'll get for like. Then, then, more, and then mysteriously, they cut off. I don't know what the day is. If it's 10, 20, 25 days or something, then you don't get them anymore. There's a time, then you don't get them until you look for your next thing. It's uh, you know, they're not kidding around though. Anyway, what do you make it's of? A brave, uh, it's a brave new world, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just special. Uh, what do you make of? Uh, not so much yesterday's. Uh, I'll talk more about this with Russell, but uh, not not to where the market landed and the fact that it was down. What do you think of the the, the market? Uh, 
fabric. The fact that we must have we must have moved. I'm going to say two, three times yesterday. The, the Nasdaq futures, the ones a lot of our, my people are involved in these Nasdaq stocks. So I watch that even a little more than the spoos sometimes. Um, you know, they break. North, it was up 90 points at one time, and it couldn't have been 10 minutes. It was down 100. I mean, this is, these are percentage moves that are, are, hap- are, happening, are happening in 10, 15 minute periods, Kevin. It just, it is not a sign of, of market fabric health at all. I mean, and the weird part is, you know, we ended up trading wise, we ended up having a pretty good. Uh, speculate, speculate on some of the reasons for that kind of behavior in the market. Uh, no standing, no standing, they are. No standing orders. Um, in an order does come in, everybody sees it coming and gets out of the way. It, it, everybody, everything is front run. They see it and they get out of the way. And, uh, it, there needs to be, a, when there is in the future. Is, is there, um, just to, uh, to balance it out, is there a, a benign hypothesis that you could come up with? No, that's, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's markets that are bifurcated or trifurcated. I mean, especially in the option business. Um, instead of having one place where IBM traded on the New York Stock Exchange or one place where I, IBM options traded in the CBOE where you had a customer order, it wasn't like you could, you could, didn't have crazy days. I mean, you could. But the idea of a, of a, of a somewhat trustworthy, not somewhat, customer order book where people could put orders in and you didn't run over the people with the orders that are there, uh, it's, there, there was somewhat of a, uh, I won't say a gentleman's agreement, but there was a practice, I don't know that it was ever a rule, that if you were offered at, say, you know, 100, 100 and a half at IBM and somebody came in to buy, you know, 100,000 shares at 101, they would collect all the stuff that was, that was offered at a half and three eighths and five eighths, and everybody would get traded at 101. There was, there was, there was a, there was a gentleman's rule to it. You didn't get run over. So now the, the people, don't want to put the standing order in there. I mean, we notice on the, on the option, you know, we have orders in all day long. We trade for, well, I mean, we're, with all the different groups and different, this group of people have, has this option, this group of people, another. Sometimes we're putting in 25, 30 trades a day, which doesn't, doesn't sound like a lot, but when, when every trade has got 10, 15 people in the trade, I mean, it's, it ends up being, you know, a lot of work. But I mean, it's, you sit there and you're, you know, you put the spread in, and it'll be—I mean—it'll be, I mean, it'll be uh, one to one to a dollar bid at one fifteen, say a spread, or a dollar ten, and we'll say, all right, we'll we'll sell at one twenty-five. So we'll put a standing order. And one of the one of the few people even does that anymore, and put spread standing spread orders in, and all of a sudden you'll get there, and all of a sudden we're filled at one twenty-five. But what's the bid? Well, the bid's one thirty. But yesterday it, it almost didn't matter, <laughs> whichever whatever price you put in. You know, my, the guy who works with me, my assistant, he goes, well, it's offered at 120, you want to be at 125? I said, Lair, <laughs> today, everybody's going to get filled wherever they want to get filled. <laughs> the way that things move around, let's just put it in where we feel like selling it or buying it. I guarantee you we're going to get filled. We did, you know, at some point, because it was just all over the place and you ended up. Okay, so, so that's a strategy for yesterday. Yeah. Just for the, the market and the way it's behaved lately in general, what, you know, how, how do you cope? How, how does someone, Who's a really, you know, a, a relatively small player in here? Cope and make it work. Well, you're, you're, there's only two t- two ways of making it a trade now, especially in the futures. Uh, you you either have something behind you. In other words, uh, I'll make this a more of a longer story. But um, let's say, for instance, right. Kevin, you uh, every week you bought 
a ten lot of the of the calls at a certain strike and the puts at a certain strike. So your your long premium, okay. So if unless the thing moves, say say you buy the the four hundred strike in the spider and you pay fifteen bucks for it. Okay, well if it if it moves more than fifteen bucks by the end of the week, you know you make money. All right, so I'm going to say that that's kind of a zero sum game because sometimes the, the, the long premium guys win and sometimes the short premium guys win. But what, what it allows you to do is to actually trade the e minis while you're protected. So if the if the market runs down a whole bunch, you can be a buyer down there, knowing that you're protected by your puts. Okay, and if it runs up, you can be a seller, maybe of twice as many, knowing you're protected by your calls. Most of the time, you know, in the in the 40 years I've been in the business, unless you get a really volatile week or you're quick like a bunny rabbit, the the money you make, I'll use the term scalping or trading, uh, doesn't, you know, you, you can't make up for the time decay in the options, all right? But now in the last year or two, I think you you can't. Now, that doesn't mean you can buy it this week and it'll work this week because things have a way of changing on you like that. But this last... So in other words, if you were sitting there and the, the, the S&P futures are, let's say they're... Well, uh, let me see what the futures are right now. The, uh, uh, the S&P futures are 43.23. Well, the only way you could put a bid in at, say, 4,300, hoping the thing crashes and you'd be a buyer down there, with any with any sense of safety, is if you have some options behind you. Okay, that's the only way I would do it. But but the, now the the person who has a problem, if he just says if we run you know, if we run down twenty four points and somebody says okay I'll buy the dip, and buys the futures down there, what if it keeps going? <laughs> I mean it just keeps going keeps going. Now that person probably has a stop. Okay, which means if we reach a certain spot, he either it becomes a market order to sell. He's either has a stop, which then makes it worse on the way down. Okay, if everybody has a stop, or he just he just is going to panic sell out. So he so he doesn't have any any kind of uh, his back is not to the wall like like the uh, he doesn't have a wall. He doesn't have the options behind him. So people who try and scalp these markets and just say I'll buy it here and I'll sell it there, they're getting they're kind of getting run over. I mean, okay, I'll buy it, I'll buy the futures down fifty. Oops, now they're down ninety. Now they're down to one fifty. I mean, that's that's a, an amazing phenomenon you don't normally see. But clearly, there's 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 information flowing that is not making it to certainly not to me, and I've got everything I possibly can on TV and news tapes and everything. I mean, there's there's, there's news in the markets that you know, might be fake news, might be whatever. But but clearly, when you when you're down, you know, one fifty in the Nasdaq, and it turns around, there isn't a there isn't a downtick till it goes positive, and then once it gets there, it turns around, and goes right back negative again. There's there, there some orders are being taken taken out someplace, and then not for the good. I mean, I, I mean, I wish I could explain the entire whole mess of how this all works today, but the idea that you don't have a central location, especially in the stock and options, I think, I think makes it just worse. Because the competition, in, in my opinion, it's how you, how you define it, right? They say the competition should be with the firms preferencing the order flow, getting paid for the order flow, for essentially giving people crummy fills, getting paid for the order flow, and then charging zero commission. And that's what the investing public seems to want. For whatever reason, because they like to tell people they're zero commissions, but even though we know they're not zero, because somebody's getting paid someplace, they're getting paid essentially to do a crappy job on your order. Okay, so, but now when it used to be, all the, the the trades all took place in one spot, and you couldn't preference, you couldn't do anything because everybody knew what everybody else was doing. 
either in the New York Stock Exchange or at the CBOE or the MX or wherever you were. So that, that ship has sailed. People have given up an amazing amount of market fabric for this, quote, free posi- free commissions. And, and, and you, you can't beat the, 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 the knell, the, the, you know, the, the bell tolling for free commissions, free commissions, God, are you smart? You can't overcome that by saying, yeah, but look, this is what you're giving up because nobody wants to listen. And this, you know, and the SEC doesn't want to listen. Matter of fact, there was a, a, a congressman was going to put through a bill that says, I don't know what, where he was from, what, that you, uh, you can't, you can't have, uh, you can't stop payment for order flow. They need to make it a law to make payment for order flow legal. Legal. For God's sake, Kevin, it's a kickback for doing, not doing your job. I mean, right? I mean, the, the idea. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah, it's good uh, work if you can get it. All right, so what's going on with the, 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 the baseball? Uh, are they, are they going to play or what? Eventually. What do you make of that article we, we talked about, uh, uh, you and I were, were uh, well, we were reading together in, uh, that the average, that the mean salary is actually, median salary is down over the last four years? Well, yeah, what, um, because the, it, it's, because you have a, a bleeped up market that is, um, you know, that is skewed towards making sure there's a big payday for the best players, which is fine, um, you know, uh, I'm not arguing that they shouldn't have uh, the big payday, but when you start capping or luxury taxing or whatever you want to call it, when you start ta- uh, um, artificially capping the salaries at the low end, you guarantee that you have this, um, you know, this uh, stratified um, salary structure where a handful of people are making a fortune and a small number of people are not. And we see the same. We see the same thing in other sports. It's it is not unusual at all. I mean, what was it? The Packers had, I think it was four. It was either four players or five players that had, you know, like sixty percent of their salary cap this year. Oh um, yeah. You know, it, it's 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 everywhere. It's like that. And uh, it, you know, I I don't. The the problem with it is is, is that. Um, and this goes back to the stat that wins above replacement stat. If if you're the replacement player, you better not be a veteran because you, you, you're too expensive to be a replacement player. They can get those. They can get those right out of AAA. So um, you know, and, and that just perpetuates the system. And I think the players are have a decent understanding of that, but there's still a battle internally amongst the players themselves about uh, you know everybody everybody would like to have that uh, opportunity for the big payday out there but at the same time uh, there's a whole lot of people the rank and file of the players association that uh, doesn't see it that way that knows that they're not going to see that payday and they really would like to make more uh, just by hanging around a long time well i know i, I uh jealous with our buddy lou all the time regarding this because lou is a uh you know he's a he's a a lawyer that knows all about this stuff, which of course I really don't, but uh, because he he knows the law way better than I do, but I think maybe I, I outrank him when it comes to the economics of it. And uh, it's, first of all, I don't I don't think there's any way economically you can have a a fair fight between a union and uh, a, 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 an industry that is uh, essentially a, a carve out monopolist. I mean, you can you can do some good, but Lou's convinced that since there's a collective bargaining agreement, and by the way, legally he's correct. Once there's a, a collective bargaining agreement, you know you can't sue for the, the, the monopoly part, uh, especially since it's been, I don't know if it's Supreme Court or Congress, but but 
Major League Baseball does have a, a carve-out from antitrust, which football does not, basketball does not, even though they act like they do. Um, but it's little stuff that you see I, that I was, you know, I, I should know this, Kevin, but in the, our, Kevin and I were, were reading this article, and it's all about the, the, the where the luxury tax is. And the Major League Baseball wants to up it for yeah, explain the luxury tax. I think I think people want to, uh, you know, not not all of our listeners. May well, once a, once a, a team pays taxes. pays a salary more than a certain amount, there is a luxury tax. Is what then it gets split up by all the other team? I don't know how, how exactly it gets split, or if it's the bottom end of the well, teams. But, or but, but one way or another, you're writing a really really big check once you're if your payroll exceeds the tax threshold. Right, and. uh but this particular and, and that's and that's meant to it's it's meant to discourage uh, teams from overspending. Uh, as and the purpose of it is that you have the large market teams like New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, a few others. Houston's a, a large market, for example, that have local TV rights and and uh, local radio rights and things like that, that that pay them a lot of money, so they can afford a higher payroll. But that upsets the competitive balance of the league. Therefore, um, they have this luxury tax uh, that is intended to uh, to um, make to discourage teams like the Yankees or the Dodgers from spending. But as we have seen, um, the uh, uh, we, we saw this last time around when they negotiated it, and they set the luxury tax and they raised it. And everybody said, "Well, geez, the the big market teams are going to have to pay so much more now." And, and they're all sitting there saying, oh, no, oh, no, you can't do this to us. And then they go down to the bar and raise a glass to, thank God, we, can, we preserve the luxury tax. Because if you look at the payroll, for instance, the Los Angeles Dodgers, it is incredibly high. They don't care. Their revenue stream more than covers it, okay? Please don't tax me. Please don't tax me. Okay, we got away without having a salary cap one more time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, I mean, that that's really what they're looking at. And that's... That's the difference between baseball and many of the other sports is that um, the other sports have a, a, a salary cap that says you can you just can't spend more than this. Um, oh, there's and soft caps and hard caps. What they can do. There's soft caps and hard caps, and but it also, I think, Kevin, in baseball, it's also a little different. I mean, if if you're the, I won't say Kansas City because they actually have a pretty reasonable payroll now, but but if they go play New York, New York's got to play somebody. You know, and, and, it, and if New York is uh, is filling the place up at uh, God knows how much per seat, I mean, they, they can't play, they can't play the Washington Generals. I mean, they got to play somebody. So it also kind of evens things out that they are the reason why the Yankees can have that game is because Kansas City showed up, right? Right. So what what you do is, and 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 the small market teams will rise up and win once in a while. Yeah. You know, you you get a, a good a bunch of young players who are not at their uh, you know. At the at free agency where they can they can really bid up their price, so you get a couple of years of window there where the the small market teams uh, really can compete if if they do everything right and it all comes together for them you know and it's a big if so so you you have that possibility where it uh, where it's problematic though is when that that distribution of cash from the luxury tax where uh, and when they're um, their 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 revenues in general for some of the smaller market teams are enough to stay in business and not enough to um, uh, to 
thrive. And uh, you know, I, I think that's that's what happens with a lot uh, a lot of the baseball teams is you know they make enough so that they stay in business, and the Yankees do have somebody they uh, they, they can schedule games. They just don't have enough to be competitive. No, and but there's a couple of things that I like I said I I should have known more about this because we talk about it a lot, but the last couple of years the COVID kind of picked grabbed a couple of things in the, in the I believe the NBA I believe that they have a uh, salary cap, but it's tied to revenue. <clears throat> so if the NBA si- signs a new agreement with uh, you know X Y Z TV. Uh, the players are guaranteed what, like forty five percent, forty two percent of all the of the yeah. There's the a percentage, and it's somewhere um, right, somewhere fifty plus or minus something. Yeah, like I thought it was like in either the high forties or the low fifties, somewhere in there. Uh, but baseball, you can you can see the weaknesses in the agreement. For instance, with the COVID situation, the teams were allowed to add a allowed they were encouraged they added twenty six player for fear somebody would go down with COVID like every day, which they were doing. And uh, it didn't inc- it didn't uh, increase the lo- the uh, the amount people could uh, pay to players before you got into the luxury tax. So you looked at the luxury tax, and it, and it was say two twelve two hundred ten million was the number one year. The next year it was like two twelve or something. Well, meantime, in the last few years, baseball's revenue has gone up with a t- couple of TV contracts they signed for playoffs, plus the addition of the extra round of playoffs, right? Their revenue has gone up by say twelve percent, and yet the player share has gone up like like well not even one percent, right, Kevin? And when yeah, they add, and when, and when they the twenty six player, a little, uh, baseball's a little different from the others, only in that um, that the, the the TV the local TV rights have uh, relatively more importance. They have no importance at all in um, in in the NFL. Uh, local radio, you get local TV radio. Contract. They get local and radio. Which which some uh, are yeah they do have their radio stuff some are bigger than others have, but, uh, but the TV rights are are, are, are divided equally in, in the NFL right that makes a difference in how they conduct business and it's it's kind of a, a mix in the NBA so local TV rights are significant um, because there are so many games they they, they can't make it like the NFL where everything is just bundled under one contract um, but the um, but by the same token. Um, uh, the, there is a, a uh, there are substantial national TV contracts too. SP futures, we got to go break here, Kevin. SP futures up twenty six, Nasdaq futures up one thirty three, Dow futures up one seventy five. Come back, we're going to talk about Lowe's earnings. We're going to talk about how we account for a world and we're well, an inflation world. We'll talk about when we come back. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. 
Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. S&P futures are up, uh, well, we're, we're up 28 bucks, so we're making a move on yesterday's down day. Yesterday futures up 143, Dow futures up 181. Again, as a way of review, we we landed on these numbers on the close, although. Depending on when you looked yesterday, they were all over the map. Dow was down 42 again. There was a lot. That was Home Depot. It was down 34 hours and uh, kind of a interesting call where they they think the consumer might be uh, slowing down a little bit. Nobody wanted to hear that. Nasdaq was down 166. Uh, over in Europe, we've got these guys are down yesterday. Dax up 105.7 percent. FTSE up 37.5. CAC around up 78. That's 1.2 percent. So full. Uh, Full 1.2 in the, in the CAC Iran. Or in Asia. Now these guys were down, uh, yesterday. Now these, uh, Nikkei, um, I don't think they were open yesterday. They were down 461 yesterday. Shanghai, however, is up 32.9%. They were down yesterday. Hang Seng's up 140.6%. They were down almost 2% yesterday. So that's not much of a, uh, of a bounce there because they were down more than that yesterday. Uh, bonds. Up two two basis points, one point nine seven, trying to get back over two percent on this ten year. The Bund uh, positive point two five, Japan positive point two zero. Uh, we've got oil, which was running up yesterday, now down fifty seven cents, ninety one thirty four. I think it peaked at like ninety three something yesterday. Rent down fifty two cents, ninety six thirty two. Natural gas uh, unchanged four four forty nine. Our Bob unchanged two seventy one. 
Got gold down 11 bucks, 1896. I don't know why people, the market's acting like this crisis is eased. I don't know if it's eased all that much. Silver down 16 cents, 24.14. Uh, copper unchanged at 451. And last but not least, we had crypto's been going down, but today they're back up a thousand points, 38,986. But the Bitcoin was over 43,000 last week, so. You gotta see, you gotta, you gotta keep your eye on the chart here. What do you got for us, Eliani? Traffic Weather Sports. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.36 a.m. on February 23rd. Let's start with sports. Uh, in the NBA, after a five-game postponement due to some COVID-19 concerns, the Bulls will be playing ATL on February 24th, and Suns will be playing OKC the same night, so look forward to that. And uh, nothing to report for last night's games in the NHL, but Coyotes will be playing the Kings tonight in college basketball. NIU loses to Eastern Michigan 72-74. to Nothing to report for our friends in Phoenix. And Chicago right now currently 20, cloudy with a high of 24 and a low of 17. Uh, in Phoenix, cloudy, raining uh, with uh, it's 53 degrees with a high of 54 and a low of 38. A uh, bit of traffic this morning. There's traffic eastbound on 290 between the 290 east ramp and central. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between uh, North River Road and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on 94 between Ohio and Union. Traffic westbound on a 94 inter- intermittently between 130th and Lafayette. And then again from 31st all the way down to Ohio. And some traffic northbound on I-55 between Route 171 and Kedzie. And that's all I have for you, Chief. The um, So, Kevin, we have uh, Lowe's. I'm going to look at their... These guys reported uh, uh, sales grew 5% in the fiscal fourth quarter. As Americans bought and fixed and renovated homes in a tight real estate market, home improvement retail raised its forecast, saying it now anticipates between 97 and $99 billion in sales. The company said sales among home professionals, a steadier and more lucrative customer, grew 23% in the fourth quarter. Um, all right, so their sales are up. So what was, what was the uh, bottom line versus the sales increase? Uh, I knew you'd ask me that. Let me see if I can dig through and... Uh, I'm not as worried about the bottom line as I am on the, on the top because it because I think they're raising prices and uh, more than they are the other stuff. But at least I'm sure they're more. Yeah, it, but it would be telling a little bit. Earnings, if, uh, you know, is is how much of it, how much of their price increases are being absorbed by cost. The uh, net income rose to 1.21 billion uh, from uh, 978 billion a year earlier. So. so they're up 30, 20%. 35%, 30%, something like that. Well, dollar 32 is share to a dollar 78, so that's 40 cents, so that's 25%. Easy. 28 maybe. So it sounds, sounds like, I mean, do you think we can ever get the bumps on TV to realize that when they say the margin has increased that they've raised prices? It just doesn't sound as good, does it? Well, there is a different sound to it, and yeah, it's, um, if you know, I I really need to take apart their numbers and right. That's well, something I, I usually don't have the patience to do. <laughs> well, I just um, I'm looking at uh, we have I got have a, a chart here. There's always a chart, right? That the uh, gypsum prices, um, gypsum building materials, meaning plasterboard and so forth, as an index. Now, this is in the producer price index by industry. Is of January of 22nd is 315.59. All right, so let's let's chop our way back to uh, May 2021. Uh, well, all right, January 2021 uh, was 252. So 
what's that? It's 20%. And I think lumber is up way more than that. So your plasterboard and your lumber, and I'm sure they're not forgetting the right to raise the price of uh, screws and glue and everything else. And I, I'm, I'm stunned. I was, it's, it had a little bit of work. Don't usually do too much work in the wintertime, but a couple of weeks ago I went and bought, uh, how was I paying? I was paying like almost eight bucks for a tube of caulk. You know, nice, high end, higher end stuff, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, those were five fifty two years ago, Kevin. I mean, we're not even percentages are off the chart on this stuff. But I mean, we're talking about, about gypsum prices from from two thousand and well, let's get back to two thousand, say in two. Well, that's a bad number, but but say they they've essentially doubled in twenty years. Plasterboard, and now you've got uh, in your in your CPI in the same twenty years would say stuff is up fifty three percent, and it's and it's not. It's up one hundred percent. Lumber is up like six times or something. It's we're we're not even we, we need a, a you know a cold slap in the face and look at these numbers for you can play with them month by month. I mean I would never you know accuse anybody of screwing with the numbers. Individual people that work at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but somewhere along the line you got to say, gee, <laughs> you know, you're, 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 the price of your pickup truck uh, is uh, it looks to me like it's up fifty percent in twenty years, but look at the darn thing; it's three times as much as it was. I mean, uh, there needs to be some kind of a sober reckoning at some point. Matter of fact, yesterday, uh, one of the listeners sent me a, a thing that said that last year the, the the results are in and that the home prices across the country are up 13.6%. If the CPI says they're up four. Well, I mean, somewhere, Kevin, you gotta, don't you, don't you think? You, you gotta look and say. You gotta well, reconcile those two numbers. Somebody's got some explaining to do. Or not. Or not. I mean, you just keep going. I mean, uh, which is kind of the, what they seem to be doing. But there's, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's some pain heading around here. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't sort of get it. I mean, I, you look at the logic, even on the, uh, it's not up, you know, it's not up to us to just criticize all the time, but you, even the, the Ukraine episode. Well, I do that. Well, I know, but even this, this Ukraine episode, now we're going to hit people up with sanctions. Um, I, if we can find a way to, Screw with Putin's buddies, you know, on their bank accounts somewhere. I guess, man, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't necessarily have too much of a problem with that. But I mean, how the hell are you going to stop the bank transfers of money when you're buying stuff from these guys every day? Unless you're willing to say we're not, we're going to, we're going to heat our houses to sixty degrees, and we're not buying your stinking gas or oil anymore. How do? You, what are you going to do? Keep shipping it? We won't. Well, the, the, the problem, of course, is. Um, that our own our own policy has taken us out of uh, has done two things. One is it has reduced the amount of oil we're taking out of the ground, oil, natural gas, all of it, um, and uh, and and so you know that's number one, and that has caused the price, uh, the world prices to go up, which is a big benefit to Russia, whose economy relies almost entirely on it. So if we really wanted to, if we really, really wanted to screw Russia, we would, you know, turn the spigot back on. But pro- there's a couple of problems with that, though. One is that if Biden were going to do it, um, he has an environmental flank of his uh, party that would be very PO'd at him. Heck, he's already got somebody in his party giving a rebuttal speech to his own State of the Union. Uh, Rashida Tlaib's going to do a, a rebuttal to the State of the Union. Um so it, you know, it's it, 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 it. He already has that kind of dissension to deal with. And part two is, 
you know, half of the world's not going to believe it anyway. If you, if you go tell people, okay, you can drill again, people who, who had to shut down, they're going to say, no, I don't trust you to not do this again to me two years from now. So they're not going to make the investments. But that, you know, that the low oil prices would do more to hurt Russia than anything else that we do. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, our, our own policies have uh, raised oil, have contributed to raising oil prices. Well, it's a good thing that people don't decide... You know, I'm not, I'm not usually into potty humor. That when when people take a dump, that it causes problems for your sanitation system, and they should just tell people don't dump anymore. Except that would cause a lot of eyes to glass over, and uh, would cause a lot of problems with your population. I mean, there there comes to a point where you have to say, what is the solution? I mean, there's a in my in my hood, there was this place, General General Iron, right, and. Of course, the neighborhood I live in is, you know, not where I live, but there's places that are pretty upper crust, and they're they're, they're, they're the one, you know, I won't say the one percenters, but they're the five percenters, and uh, so they there's this place that's been we've we've had this goings on where Chicago had a pretty serious, I mean, in fact, a real serious industrial base that is pretty much gone, and uh, you know, they've got some people from Google and that kind of stuff here, so there hasn't been, hasn't been like there's been no replacement to it, but the industrial base is essentially gone. It's got to be, what, 80, 90 percent's gone, right, Kevin? Well, you know, yeah, no, I'll move to Indiana. But, but, uh, well, I don't know where American can move. I mean, the factories didn't move. I don't know where Ream moved. Uh, you know, I don't know where Western Electric moved. I don't think they moved in Indiana, but they've moved. They're, they're somewhere. They're probably overseas, for God's sake. But the, uh, but you, you, you lose your industrial base, you lose the income, that's the reason why you have a lot of these areas in the city where people don't have these blue collar jobs where they made reasonable money. But I'm not going to go into all that. There's a there's a place right by me, and there's something called the uh, uh, Goose Island that area. And the idea was yeah. we're we're going to we're going to rezone this area so that uh, along the river so that it can only, it can only be manufacturing. We're not going to let the whole place be gentrified because then nobody's going to have a place to work. So this got to be what. 25 years ago under under Daly's regime. Maybe it wasn't even him. might have been before him. And uh, so all of a sudden, a few of those places close and blah, blah, blah. And you keep, you know, the, the developers keep nick, nicking at them, nicking at them. Well, now there's this, there's this place, a recycling facility called General Iron. And it's, I mean, it's dirtier than you necessarily want to live next to, but it's also a few blocks from everybody where everybody lives. You know, so it's not like it's right in your backyard. Uh, but, of course, the ups... It's too close. It's too close. I mean, the, I mean, this got this kind of dust, that kind of dust, blah blah blah. And all you know, plus the, you know, but every morning you see the lineup of cars, pickup trucks, pickup trucks. People, you know, the guys get on your rallies and grab the stuff and do all the recycling. They're lined up at this place. Plus, they have they have huge amount. You know, what's interesting, Kevin? They they, they would bring them these huge uh, flat flat trucks with like twenty squash cars on the flat truck. They'd throw those things in the shredder and everything. And, uh, and when the truck left, there was this massive dump truck, uh, or semi, with basically little bits of uh, iron in there. And my architectural people tell me that you can actually use that for just about everything. Structural steel for highways, for everything. And I said, how can, how can you do that? God knows what's in there. And he goes, what do you think's an iron ore? you got to find it. It's all impure. you got to purify it. He says, it's easier to purify that than it is fresh ore. 
He goes, that stuff is, unless you got some real high specialty steel for like taps and dies and those kinds of things. He goes, you can use that for buildings, beams, you can use it for, you know, highways. He goes, yeah, I mean, it's, anyway, they don't like this place, don't like this place, they're supposed to close, supposed to do this. Every, every time they put some money into it, I'm not saying they're, they're pure and fair wife, they clearly aren't. Every time you put some money into place, they, it's not enough, it's not enough. Fact is, not in my backyard. If, okay. The thing has a fire, so they shut it down, right? Okay, you guys can't be here anymore. Well, they give, make a trade. They give them some spot on the southeast side along the river there. God knows, you know, how close it is to anybody. All of a sudden, the African-American community gets a hair up there behind. You're, you're shoving it near black people. So this is, this is yet another example of taking stuff out of a white neighborhood and putting the crummy stuff in the black neighborhood. Now, there's all kinds of stuff along the river by the Stevenson where nobody is. It's all abandoned. Somewhere, someplace, we, we all we all want to we, we all want to recycle. Okay, yet recycling is not the purest business on earth. Okay, because you're crushing stuff, and obviously when you when you take apart the washing machine, there's other stuff in there that you have to get out of there and put on another truck. I mean, but so you you just can't be anywhere. Yet we're all going to recycle, and it's the same mentality with this energy, Kevin. I mean, the last time prices went up here. The, the, the amount of rigs were going up every day. Now all of a sudden they're not. Now I don't know. I don't know what specific in the in the Biden. I'm sure somebody could tell me. I wish I had somebody that was a genius on it. It, it isn't. And if one more person tells me about this XL pipeline, I'm going to have to crack them. That thing has had nothing to do with any of this. It's it's Canadian tar sands. Well, and, well, and, and and that was longer term anyway. So yeah. unless you're predicting future, you know, unless it has impact on future prices, it it, it was going to take years to build so no do i think it, it's it, is it worth doing yeah i think pipelines tend to be um tend to be actually you know cleaner than uh, than their alternatives and and we don't you know it's not like we have a lot of pipeline spills all the time or anything like no. that we don't um so on its own merits it it may be worth doing but the real problem is just you know shutting down a lot of the drilling and not granting any new drilling rights on on federal land. So why why all this? You know, why, why we have so much federal land anyway is beyond me. But why do we? Uh, why why are we not getting the Permian Basin and the, and the one up? What's the other one? The Bakken. Why are they not growing with these oil at prices? Is there has there been specific rules that that are preventing they, these? They oil? they did, but you you know you sort of and they're producing a lot, but you know you're going to get a diminishing return from when you first opened them up. What fifteen twenty years ago. Um, yeah, I thought. Well, I didn't, I didn't know they would reach that stage. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I would love to see a a full paper on this. Yeah, we got to get an we got to get an industry expert on. Well, I, I know that we. I mean, she who knows she might be dead. We had a hope she isn't. Nice lady, a uh, uh, lady from Pennsylvania who used to, when she came to Chicago, she used to come to Chicago every year for two weeks for a convention. Somehow or other, she heard John and I years ago on the score, and she's been a listener ever since. And uh, and she would write a letter from time to time or email. And she'd send me and she'd say, her, her, I think I told the story before, there, there was a, uh, if, if you look, one of the most fascinating maps, you, you high, high creature, you and Eliani about, you know, they had a, a map on one of the things, of course I lost it. It showed the, in, the increase in this fracking, essentially county by county, and then when the price went back down, how it all disappeared. And there were going to be all kinds of people in southern Illinois, and then they all disappeared. But why, Anyway, her her husband and a bunch of his buddies going way back had a, a hunting lodge up on top of one of the hills in 
Pennsylvania in the middle of the woods, and they already run up there and blast a deer and uh, you know whatever <laughs> whatever guys do, and uh, and all of a sudden they decided that there was natural gas on this mountain, so they gave these guys all this money. They were going to build a road. They built the road, and the, the contract said they had a. When they were done with the gas, they had to replace the road with back with trees, so you didn't ever knew there was a road there and all this kind of stuff. Well, finally, they started doing something. Maybe six years ago, put the road and did something else. The prices went down, and they just abandoned it and let these guys. Well, I, I don't. I hope they put the trees back in. I never. I, I guess I haven't heard from them in years. But I don't. I don't see any of that. The, the anything going on in uh, in Northeast Ohio, I don't, which which. Was starting to become well, a hot spot. Ohio's still pumping. Uh, um, Pennsylvania's still pumping. That I mean, you know, they're doing. You know, they they have it going. That those were big boom areas. If 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 you were to back up, you know, ten years, they would. Yeah, they, I they bet were there's boom no, areas. But there's again, nothing. I, I don't know the industry well enough to say. No. Well, this one's tapped out, or you know, and, and I don't think tapped out is the right word. But there gets to be a point where there's no more play. There, you can't just put new wells in. There's you know, what are you can do put one ten feet away from an old one. That's, uh, it's been done. Do. But I mean, I don't think Southern Illinois, anybody's speculating down there. I don't think, well, my point is, is that the, 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 the shot to $92 here in oil has not brought upon the, uh, the increase in exploration and development it normally would. Now, the question is why? Is it because stuff they think the administration is likely to do, or is it, we're going to be electric one of these years, or we're going to be this thing. Tell you what, well, if, I, if all of the above. But what you know, how, where do you get electricity? Well, that's what I'm saying. How are we going to make electricity? When what forty or fifty percent of it's made from natural gas? Well, we don't mean natural gas. How exactly is your car going? To, your your electric F Ford one fifty going to go anywhere? Is that? Or I'm not supposed to ask that question. But that's I, my, I don't think you're allowed to ask it. Well, that's my point about the. Oh, so anyway, to finish my story about they give these these guys this piece of property would give them, they allow them to develop this place on the east side. And as soon as the place is together, and I don't know, they spent all his money on it, of course, like I said, every African-American preacher in the world has decided that, and I don't know, they might have put it foolishly in the middle of somebody's house, I mean, I don't know, I, I doubt it, because there's sure enough places on the south side where there nobody lives, so I can't imagine you could have picked a spot where nobody cared. Uh, all of a sudden, they denied the permit last week permanently. See, you close these guys up at one spot, you don't let them open up in the other spot, and you got all these other dudes that used to go down alleys and grab the metal and bring it over there and actually recycle is what we want to do so we can, you know, make, uh, so we can, don't have to have, uh, massive iron ore holes up in, in, uh, Minnesota. And now we don't do any of that stuff yet, we're going to be a recycler. Okay, but you don't want the recycler, you don't want, I mean, somewhere along the line we have to have common sense here, Kevin. I don't see it coming, do you? Not from government. No, I, I mean, I, what you know? What, what is going on? I don't. Uh, Number one is, is that we have competing interests that are unwilling to compromise and that are at cross purposes with each other. Um, so it's who you know, loudest voice wins. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's just a matter of um, you know who, who's got the uh, um, the president's ear, the governor's ear, the mayor's ear at any given time. Uh, but whatever it is, it's it's not functional. It's you know, we go back to the old uh, uh, elder Mayor Daly, um, you know, who used to like to say, good government is good politics. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he also used to say, who are these alligators? Yeah, who are these alligators anyway? <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I was, uh, the other day, I don't know if somebody sent me, no, somebody signed me onto this uh, core digest every once in a while I talk about it. I don't know if I sent it to you guys, but uh, it was a, some guy had a big, long dissertation. The question was, 
how did what exactly how did we ramp up so fast in World War Two? We're talking about the same country. I mean, I don't know about the same type of people, but the same country. And uh, they went through probably seven or eight different areas of incredible advancement in a, in a two or three year period. Now, of course, ev- everything that people say, uh, especially if, if, if everybody says it, is probably wrong. That the whole idea was right after, right after, you know, uh, Pearl Harbor, we ramped up and did all stuff right away. Well, that's that's total BS. Okay, because in in, in fact, we our munitions business was was already selling a whole bunch of stuff to France and Britain and other people probably by 1937-38. So the industries had a pretty big head start long before Pearl Harbor. It wasn't like everybody was sitting on their sofa drinking a beer, eating a bonbon, and all of a sudden Pearl Harbor we ran out and built factories the next day. I mean, a lot of stuff ramped up even more after Pearl Harbor, but it wasn't like we didn't already have some factories that were doing tanks and planes. And we so weren't up. starting from zero. No, we weren't starting from zero. But still, if you look at this, we're talking... You know, December of 41 till what, June of 45, what are we talking? Three and a half, four years? I mean, and the amount, and they went through everything. The atomic bomb, how many, how many thousand people worked on that thing like a year after Roosevelt said go ahead? It was like thousands and thousands of people. And, uh, they were talking about plants with all these different ways of enriching uranium that were twice the size of the Pentagon within like a year they were building these places. You know, the amount of Liberty ships, they were building like what, one a day or two a day or something at some of these plants? I mean, the, 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 how many airplanes came off the line every day? The, the well, th- think of the, just some of the innovations that we had to do, uh, for the battlefield. You know, the, the classic one is the, um, uh, the, the Levitts and what they did with, um, you know, it, it, as soon as you took an area, you had to have an airport. Yeah. So you know, so it, it wasn't it wasn't a matter of I'm going to have, you know, I'm I'm going to spend the next month and a half, you know, uh, getting landing strips and uh, and and everything else that you, you know, that you need to operate the uh, thing. It was like need this next week. Let's do it. Well, I read uh, some which, which, by the way, turned into uh, um, you know home construction when they when the war ended. Well, you know, it's, um, you know what is interesting, the, uh, Kevin, famous Levittown uh, homes. Yeah. Well, they—I mean, we, we got a dash here in a second, but I, one question was: Why were our ships so much, you know, harder to sink than the Japanese and so forth? And why do we do this and that? And they said because our generals, I mean, Chester Nimitz was an engineer, so was Eisenhower. They weren't—they weren't just, you know, uh, guys who fought fought battles. He said they—they they were amazingly concerned with preservation of ships how every time you you fill the uh you 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 gassed up the airplanes you then took took all the hoses and you ran air through them so there was no gas in the hoses in case you got bombed the amount of uh watertight compartments the types the types of things that only engineers would think of and not necessarily soldiers so these guys were engineers turned soldiers that's why they all the little stuff all the all the little pieces that the japanese didn't think about we did (laughs) and uh he said it was. It was it be, it's because you had people of amazing talent in these spots that came from other areas. I never mm-hmm. thought of that before. I mean, did you? I mean, it's, I mean, I'm sure it makes sense. Well, it, it does, and and it was just a matter of uh, um, having the right focus and deploying them in the right places. And while, and and I think that's you know that that sort of you know we've gotten away from that. We don't we. You know what? What did I tell you? Or what did I send you yesterday? The um, uh, the test kits. 
simple thing like acquiring and distributing test kits. Well, now as as we are seeing the uh, case uh, uh, case numbers for Omicron fall off the table. I mean, they're just down. Well, millions of people are just now getting them, and millions more are still in the queue. You're talking about the test kits, and yeah. so you know that that's that's distribution of of COVID test kits, and and what to make it more fun, they all expire in May and June, so it, you can't hold on to them until the inevitable seasonal surge in the summer in the south and the seasonal surge in the north uh, in the fall. You can't; they're, they're not going to be any good by then, and then to top it all off. Um, they have a, a temperature range, you know, a limited temperature range for storage, and so these all came in the mail, and in, in, in you know half of the half of the country, temperatures were below. You know, <laughs> if, if if it was thirty degrees cutoff, and you have people with fifteen degree temperatures, that's where it sat in the mailbox all afternoon until somebody came home from work. So, you know, Kevin, this is our government in action now. Could you imagine those people mobilizing for a war? No, but see, now here's where you're jealous because not only. You didn't get a chance to sell them to them. Now that they're all ruined, you're not going to get a chance to sell them to them again when they need them. Just saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm pissed. I didn't get in when I had the chance. <laughs> Take care. I talked to you on Friday. SP Futures up 31. NASDAQ Futures up 153. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, more face, stocks and jocks. I'm Tom. She's Eliani on the board. S&P futures are up 34. Nasdaq futures up 169. Dow futures up 229. We're doing the bounce here. We're bouncing from yesterday. 
Mr. Russell Rhodes, how are you? Are we going to bounce all day, or what are we doing? Are we going to bounce off our heads off the ceiling and right back down? We're going to bounce our heads off the ceiling until we get another bad headline, and then we're going to be down, and then we're going to be back up. It's going to zigzag over just all kinds of uncertainty. Um, yeah, we uh, don't you think? I, I I think I don't think I've ever seen as many different, shall we say, players on the playing field here as I, I see now. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell who's going to win or who's going to lose. Can you? I mean, I, I'm really, I'm just hanging in there with trying to be protected and doing the trades. But I'll tell you what, the price of the, the price of this put premium now, it's uh, you're protected, but you're not safe. No, no, it's uh, it, I, I, I. This is not what anybody really ever wants to hear. I just totally went to cash yesterday. Yeah, well, I've got. Okay, I really, I, I'm in class on Monday night, and um, yeah, I think it was Monday night's class. Yeah, and some student goes, "Hey, how's your oil position? Because Russia just invaded." I'm like, I can't think about anything else. But <laughs> yeah. what's going on? Plus, why is that kid in my class looking at the news? Am I not interesting enough? Um, I think you're very interesting. No, oh, thank you. I know you do. I know I do. It's. Uh, um, um, I just, I'll, I'll, it's, it's, it's stunning how much stuff I read every day and I go, where the hell's Russell? I need to ask him a question. Between you and, uh, uh he does bring you up a lot. Yeah, between Professor. <laughs> I've, I've got a, I've got a little bitty notebook that I, um, that I, um, that I carry around all the time. And when I have little thoughts like that, I, I jot them down. Well, uh, I'm going to bring you a little, I'm going to send you a little bitty notebook. Um, I, I could use one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, I actually I, I learned that one from this guy named Michael Orkin, who was a, a hedge fund guy that I worked with in in Atlanta. And it, it, when people would give him business cards, he would hang on to the business cards and use them to write notes to himself. <laughs> God. Well, you know who were guys who were really into that, and they must have been uh-huh. be, beaten into them at, at an early age. Uh, I, okay. when, I, when I was at you know when I was at Pullman, I used to go all these meetings with the finance guy. And I'd go and I'd sit there and you know, get my two cents and I had my numbers with me. But the engineer guys, they all had their engineer's notebook and it was their life. And if they, yeah. if they, if, oh if, if you gave them a project at this meeting, they would say, I'll have it, I'll have it for you by April 15th or 14th. And sure enough, when they open up their, <laughs> the, even the person who gave them the project would forget about it. And on April 14th, they'd go, here you go. <laughs> Just, here's what you asked for. And the guy's like, Oh yeah, I, I, but I mean, their whole life would they never missed a trick. I mean, everything. If there was a problem, if somebody if was a problem down the line, it would, everything their entire life on that project was in those notebooks, and they and they were re- religious about it. And I think they were very organized because of it, actually. And I never quite got that discipline, but just saying. The problem. The problem is is when you lose the notebook. Uh, yeah, that would. Or even better, it's when you. Leave the notebook, you know, in a different country or something. Although you don't travel, but you wouldn't do that. No, no, I wouldn't do that. But I could see you being. But a- hey, hey, real, just real quick. Um, my fifteen-year-old is driving to school for the driving to school, like to get her miles in. And Emmy, keep your eyes on the road, and you've got our precious cargo, Owen, in the back of the car. Oh, I'm assuming somebody with a license has to be with her. Yeah, my wife's sitting there as well, but but she doesn't I have. The, I want to make sure she's not not distracted by our conversation and paying attention to driving. She doesn't have like your your wife doesn't have the extra brake or the extra steering wheel like the 
the old cars they used to have when you went to drive. Did you did you have one of those when you got your driver's ed? Did the guy have a brake on his? Oh plane? yeah, yeah, and he uh, yeah, he, he, and he was brutal with it. Yeah, they were. You know, uh, if it was a thirty-five mile speed zone. You hit thirty-six. Uh, you you better be ready for some whiplash. Oh yeah, they were. Uh, remember those simulators and the unheat and the unair conditioned trailers? Oh god. Yep. Yeah, actually, I did. I I took driver's ed in Tennessee in the summer. I did. I did. I in went one to, of those ovens. I went to Bogan High School, and they had the the lot where the, the what do they call the lot? The uh, we drove around the little lanes on the lot. We went from the simulator to the uh, whatever the thing was. Well, you just well, you go around like a little go go kart track with. Yeah, the, you uh, went around like five miles an hour, and yeah. every car it. It never had the brakes like repaired, so the minute you touched the brakes, they locked yeah. up. It was like it was like well, nobody's going to remember this. It was like it was it was brake on drum. They're all drum brakes, right? And they, mm-hmm. There wasn't a disc brake in the lot. And as soon as when drum brakes wore out, they used to grab and they just grab. You'd be like, wow. Of course, nobody had a seatbelt. You almost what you almost needed a seatbelt at five miles an hour with those things. But uh, then you went for your drive. You know, you're born in traffic, and then uh, then you passed. If you you know, if you then you're all good. Yeah, you're all good. Then okay. you had to take your test. I'm about to get my Indiana license. I might have to take a test. Um, at your age, probably. You know. Yeah, probably. Probably check my eyes and reflexes. And yeah, bend over. And say here, you have a license to ride your scooter back and forth to school. Maybe they'll give you the, the anal swab COVID test like they do in China. Oh, <laughs> if I'm lucky and it's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Guys are terrible. Um, I don't. Why do you even have me on here anymore? All I do is dis- disrail what you want to talk about. <laughs> Just, <laughs> no, you, uh, I, I want you to. I want you to tell us how we're exi- how we're going to. Well, first, two questions. Why? Uh-huh. Why? What happened? I mean, uh, I know that you're, you're. It's not exactly your field, but you know a lot about this stuff. You're like the professor in Gilligan's Island. Uh, uh-huh. What exactly is in the way, other than not knowing what the future holds? What exactly is, is in the way of our our oil companies ramping up here like they normally do when, when oil gets this high? Or are they, and we're just not well, hearing about it? Uh, well, no, I think, uh, honest to God, I think Kevin was dead on with what he said in the first hour when he said, "Why?" first off, there, there's a huge expense behind ramping up. There's a huge expense behind shutting things down. Sometimes they'll continue to run these things at a small loss so they don't have to incur the cost of, you know, Turning things, but of shutting things down properly, but then turning them back on as well. They'll just keep going because it, it works better for them based on whatever the projection is for the oil price. But if if they keep changing the rules on you, which they do, oh yeah, they, yeah. they keep changing the rules on you. Why in the world would you ramp things up if? Uh, you know, here's here's an extra. Let's say we're sitting around. You know, the, we're we're chopping on our cigars and we're having a martini at lunchtime and we're sitting around the boardroom table at, at Big Evil Oil and we're, you know, being very blatant. Uh, you may take a look at D.C. And, and and say, like, okay, well, maybe we should start ramping things up, but what happens when Biden doesn't get out of bed one morning and we have President Kamala Harris? How oil-friendly are you going to, you know, how oil-friendly is she going to be? It's well, you're, you're just going to keep moving to the left, and you don't want, you know, that's a big uncertainty for the next three years. Well, there's always enough, there's always that involves enough, potentially billions of dollars. There's always going to be enough gas for her limousine. There's always enough gas, <laughs> always enough gas for Air Force One, right? And they, yeah, and they have no clue 
how much more that gas costs. Maybe you could care less. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade places with Kamala. She's gonna um, take my place for a month and drive back and forth from Chicago and spend 110 bucks to fill up the car. Have you uh, you heard the rumor that they're trying to get her to take the Supreme Court spot? The rumor. I wondered if that might happen. I really did, and I was surprised. Surprised. I did not hear the rumor, but that popped in my mind as an end-all, be-all solution for um, for Biden. The thing is, I don't. Do, do you think she could get approved? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, if, if she's if she's nominated, can she be the tie-breaking vote? There's a hell of a question. Um. That's another good question. I don't. I don't know. She's clearly yeah, not I mean, one of the top she, people they want. She couldn't get approved if she's not allowed to vote. There's a lady from Chicago they're looking at who evidently is very qualified. There's a lady from Carolina, very qualified. Uh, it's not like there aren't people around that are qualified. But uh, I got a question for you, Winnie. Just in terms of uh, low, low, low logistics, when they were doing the when oil was coming down three, four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. It was up and it was heading down, and every day that uh, you know the Joe Kernans on TV would give you the the rig count. You know, one day it'd be nine fifty, and the next day it's nine thirty eight or something. Mm-hmm. I, I think Russell, when you when you pull a rig out of service, you just don't park it in like, your backyard, hoping that you're going to put it back in service. I, I think they sell them like overseas. But a year later, they're not here anymore, or at least not all of them. They're, if they, if, you, if somebody wants to buy it, they buy it. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't. If you if you drop five hundred rigs in two years, all of a sudden the price goes back up again. I don't think the five hundred rigs are just kind of hanging; they're ready to be to haul them back out and start them up again. Or am I am I wrong on that? Or um, di- different things can happen when the when the rigs you know when when they go offline. Uh, but typically they'll be serviced, and they're going to try to find somebody else to lease them from them. Usually they're leased from okay. the drilling companies. A lot of people don't realize that, that, you know, Exxon Mobil or whatever they are now, uh, a lot of the oil production they'll do is through leased equipment through some of the other, some of the oil drilling companies. And and they like to do that because they don't have the, the risk and expense associated with rigs being down. Uh, but if, you know, one gets taken offline in the Gulf of Mexico and it's retrofitable to somewhere, you know, like let's say in the North Atlantic or whatever, yeah, you know, a different, a different old company will take it and lease it and utilize it to get stuff up from under the ocean pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't so they're not sold, but they are redeployed somewhere else. Um, yeah, I, uh, how is it, it? It depends on the size of them as well. Some of them are like, you know, an upside down Sears Tower. Right. Can't really. I mean, so there's deep water, and then there's so there are lots of different categories there as well. Oh, and I'm sure there's. It's that has got to be one of the most fascinating industries to be an engineer in. I mean, every 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 place you're drilling is different. The ground's always different. I mean, I, those guys mm-hmm. I, I bet are really really sharp. I mean, I bet you know. They, I, oh yeah, no, but my uh, my my godson's down at UT Austin, and he wants to he wants to become a petroleum engineer. I bet he always has a job. I mean, uh, uh, he, the, the thing is, he he's working toward being a petroleum engineer, but he's doing a spring internship for Elon Musk at SpaceX. What do you speaking of which? And uh, now that you're not tied up with the exchange, uh, 
what do you, what do you make of him accusing, uh, the SEC and the government of dribbling stuff back and forth between the area? Because the SEC doesn't like him. For, for some good, pretty good reasons, actually, but, uh, these, these, these agencies do get these vendettas against people. I mean, it's almost like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about it to comment, but, uh, but if you can explain to us, talk about changing a page. How, how exactly all these sanctions they're putting on Russia regarding, you know, the possibly, I mean, the, the big one is the, the payments mechanism where people can't pay you or you can't pay them from country mm-hmm. to country. How exactly do you do that with a country where you're buying their stuff every day? You're going to tell them you can't pay them, but you still want the stuff? We're not, we're not talking about a place where we're going to, we're going to, you know, Iran, we don't, we don't want to buy it. We don't care if we buy anything from Iran so we can, we can take them out of the, well, actually they have oil, but they sell it to other people first, right? So they just find other customers. But the, uh, how, how do they sell oil? How does Iran sell oil to like China? Do they, do they get paid in gold or what do they get paid in? They, is, is it barter or what? I, I have no idea how, you know, what they, they I assume that, uh, if Russia sending it, I assume like everybody else, somehow they're transferring dollars from China over to Russia. And well, they have plenty of dollars, plenty of dollars. This so, kind of goes back, just to give an you know, example, everybody, and we, you and I talked about it when it happened. When Obama was president and they cut this deal with Iran, they signed that whatever, uh, nuclear thing. We, we, the people here owed Iran a bunch of money from years ago. I mean, there was no, yeah. no doubt yeah. we did. And we ended up, we, uh, the administration ended up having to give them cash money. They gave them $100. Yeah, bucks. they, they sent them pallets of euros and U.S. Yeah. dollars. And the reason why they did that was because Iran is essentially banned from, what do you, what do you call the, the, inter- the SWIFT system. Yeah, the SWIFT system where people can actually, from one country to another, can pay people essentially since because we literally could not have written Iran a check because they couldn't cash it right, mm. right. So, but obviously Iran does sell oil still to somebody. Now, whether they wave it by uh, Saudi, I don't know about Saudi play ball with them, but whether they wave it by somebody else is as, as a ship goes by and it magically becomes the other place oil. I don't know, but somehow they get oil into the system. But now Russia, yeah. Russia is a, a huge supplier. Of aluminum, oil, natural gas, and there's probably 50 other things to Europe and to a certain extent to the rest of the world, even us. Uh, mm-hmm. so how would you, other than, you know, grabbing some money from Putin's pals and maybe himself personally, which we haven't done yet, I don't think, uh, other than doing that, how exactly do you boot Russia out of the system when we're still buying stuff from them? I mean, we're, we're just to say we can't pay you. I don't, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, my my assumption when I heard getting booted out of the Swiss system um, was that that's just that 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 was something somebody spitball and they didn't re- like a lot of things that the government maybe t- tries to do sometimes they don't think about beyond the first step. Uh, right. And I, I think that I think that was one of those ideas that you know maybe was spitballed by a couple of people and they hadn't thought it through like like you pretty much have. Where, so what happens to, you know, how does, they're not thinking about how it hurts people in the United States. And, or Europe, it could I mean, possibly hurt people in the United States. Although, I, I mean, uh, how, what do we buy from Russia? Well, in, in, in but, I don't not know. Europe, I'm talking about the United States. I think, I saw something yesterday, well, aluminum is one of the big things. Really? Uh, 
caviar, vodka. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's I'm, there's all there's trades with everybody, so I'm sure I'm sure there's stuff. Mm-hmm. But the point is, we could we could do without the vodka. We could just drink Tito's for a while, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, but but Europe. I mean, if if they had kept their natural gas down to say twenty percent from Russia, you could say, all right, you invade Ukraine. We're shutting off the pipeline here. We're not buying any more from you. That way we don't, we don't have to pay you because we don't need your stinking gas. We can make up for it here or we can cut back on whatever, tell people to turn their heat down to 65 to 70. And guess what? We, we if, if they had been, you know, intelligent along the way, you wouldn't have put themselves, they wouldn't have put themselves in that fix where they're beholden to right. Russia for the gas. All right. So well, heck, you could, you, you could say the exact same thing about us and our dependence on China. Oh, without a doubt. Without, on, on a lot yeah, of other, we, we, you know, which you just, there are not enough people thinking through the worst case scenarios on well, it. Well, we, we, or, we or, or they're the guy in the corner of the room that, that is always the chicken little guy as part of the organization and nobody pays attention to him, um, until they finally get something right. <laughs> God, we, uh, uh, we had a dude like that at Pullman. I, I, won't, I won't tell you the story, but the uh, he, but he, uh, but yeah. Well, we we not only want blue jeans, we want fifty dollar blue jeans. We don't want a hundred dollar blue jeans. So that's why we need change. Yeah. But we we don't want to see child labor here. But but we, we want fifty dollar blue jeans. And if somebody else is using it, well, maybe, you know, that's just the way the world is, right? Yeah. That's our that's I, our uh, stick, you know. I, you know, and I try so hard not to buy anything from China. And, you know, I, I live in, it, it, when I'm down here in Indiana, I'm living in an apartment that maybe was up to par with, with me in my 20s. So, and I don't have a whole lot of furniture, and I bought one of those things that you put on the bed that's kind of like a chair so I can sit up and watch TV in my bed. And I bought it from this, I bought it from some guys that, from a, from a married couple. We're a married couple in Virginia, and we put together this business, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm supporting America. You know, the tag on it said "Made in China" when I got it. You gotta be kidding me. I would, no, I'm not. I mean, they never said. They just said we're a small American business. Da, da, da. But when I got the the you know the little chair thing to put on the bed, um, I was like, I should check the tag. And I looked. At, I was so and so peeved. It well, is so difficult about, not to buy something that was made in China. Well, what about your blue jeans? I mean, if you. Don't they import most of the cotton comes from here? We ship the cotton over and it comes back as blue jeans, right? I believe so. And then the, I thought China had a had their own cotton, and that was one of the things that uh, the area that the Uyghurs are in. I'm sure they have some. I don't know if they have enough. Yeah, but I mean, because we we still are a huge exporter of cotton, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how how does uh, I guess what, what, I'm, what I'm seeing here, Russell? I don't know how you can pull us together if you can. It'd be terrific. I mean, you obviously said you went to cash on your investments. Uh, how exactly do we have this? I, I can't, I can't, I like to be able to analyze this stuff, and when people call me up, my clients and stuff, what exactly do I tell them today regarding lows? The revenue's up 5%. The price has got to be up 15%. Um, it probably means they got a lot more margin than they than they had a year ago. Or does, How long does that last? You know, people at Home Depot made some comments regarding the strength of the consumer, and they think the consumer is running out of gas a little bit. Um, how? I mean, you, you increase that margin, and all of a sudden you get you know twenty dollar plasterboard that in my lifetime has been what seven fifty a sheet forever, right? Now it's twenty. Yeah. I mean, at some point, 
after you say I'm not going to I'm not going to redo my house. I mean, you can't find a gallon right. of paint for less than thirty five hours. I mean, unless you you buy whitewash. I mean, it's I mean really. I mean, I mean the the cost of this stuff is through the. I mean, you can you can blow through a case of caulk easy and just don't go around your windows. No matter what, eight nine dollars a tube. It used to be five. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about forty years ago either. I mean, at some point, right. I mean, you've got that going on. You've got, um, if, I mean, I'd love to, some one of these days we'll, we'll tip a coffee or something, and uh, all the stuff I'm learning from my people in the building regarding hospitalization, kind of sounds terrible, it, 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 at that mm-hmm. level, you know, and the deductibles and the stuff you have to pay, and, and, it's, and if you're making 55 grand a year, how it just doesn't work out so well and uh mm-hmm. if anybody gets sick at all even if you allegedly have insurance I mean, we're putting pressure on people like we've never put pressure on people before you know and i don't i don't see how it where did, where's a good ending from here and if you look at the federal government i mean you got the states now are, are, are somewhat awash with cash because they got all this money from biden right especially if you're a democratic state so illinois actually has some money even though they have massive pension problems and it's short term they actually, I think, are probably fairly up on their bills right now, aren't they? Because, of course, they took it all to, to uh, you know, this quarter instead of putting it somewhere and saying we're going to uh, use it over a long period of time. They, they still don't do that. They use it right away. I mean, how did, where does this all come to get? Is, is it, is it going to have to be, okay, you're going to accept 80 cents on the buck for your federal obligation? I mean, we've got federal government right now today that is what? They're, they're only taxing... 60, 63% of what they're spending. Now, the Fed's making up for some of the rest, and they're borrowing some of the rest. I mean, the Fed last week went up, what, $45 billion on their balance sheet. And when they tell everybody they're going to be cutting seven times this year. I mean, who, I mean this is, when, when does all the, when does all this bull bleep come to the middle of the room and everybody just recognize all this stuff can't be going to happen because it, it just doesn't match up? I can't be well, gonna... when, when the inflation thing is persisting through July, August, and September, and we don't have any more fingers to point as to the reason instead of pointing to the real reason. You know, it, it's supply chain is not the main reason that we're starting to get inflation. It's it, it, it's there's a lot more money. Cha- I mean, I guess some of it's because I started to say there's a lot more money chasing fewer goods, but it's not completely you know associated with the supply chain stuff. It's there's more money. People and people's checking accounts had been the balances had gone up an awful lot over the past couple of years. So that money's on the sidelines, and people are going to spend it somewhere. But it sounds like they're not going to spend it on discretionary type things. And honestly, Home Depot not as much as Lowe's, but there are a lot of discretionary purchases there. You know, oh sure. If uh, if I I don't know, you know, if, I, if I've got a, a small problem, I got a crack in one of my uh, the plates on one of my light switches or something like that, you know, that's something I could live with. It doesn't look pretty, but I can live without having to replace it. Uh, if I'm thinking about doing some sort of big project in the back of my house this spring, if I suddenly start looking around and, and what I thought would cost 500 bucks ends up costing eight, nine, a thousand dollars, well, I'm just not going to do it at all. It doesn't mean I'm, it doesn't mean I'm still going to buy 500 bucks worth of stuff. I'm just not going to do what I was thinking about doing. And I think that's what Home Depot was seeing. And you and I talked about this a while back. You, you, you threw that, you know, where does it all end? Where, you know, when does it really become a problem? You, you brought the same topic up 
three, four weeks ago, and my response was, well, I think when people you know want to do something, want to buy something, and it's just too expensive for them to do, and they, they slow down their purchases because of that, you know, then we're going to start having stagflation, and we've got some real problems. Well, I think we already do. I, I just, you know, uh, I mean, when, when you talk about economics, and we have a lot of, uh, for listeners, for know, I mean, I'm, I'm more of the, well, I ended up <laughs> in the area where it's, I won't say it's uh, more arts and letters economics, more more uh, pure economics in terms of... Non-business uh, economics. Yes, and well, you're more in the business Social side, science. which that's yeah. why I love listening, because that's an area that I, I should know more about. But when you look at, I mean, economics, when you think of it, at its very basic role, it's the apportionment of scarcity. Isn't that the definition? Yeah. I mean, if, if everybody had, you know, if everybody had fifty loaves of bread, you just everybody just have fifty loaves of bread. You wouldn't have to worry about how to how to how to spread them around because for every person here, find find a bedroom and store, <laughs> find an unused room and store your loaves of bread. But that's not what happened. The question is how do you how do you apportion scarce commodities amongst people? And there's ways to do it. I mean, there's a communistic way to do it. There's you know, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. such a good one. There's a capitalist way to do it. There's a, you know, whatever. There's, there's ways to do it. And there's a certain amount of common sense that I, I really kind of wish people who act, act like they know something, every time somebody goes and pays 80 bucks to fill up their tank instead of 60, there's 20 less for something else. Unless you happen to have a printing press in the basement. Or you could be like, I could see you being like Elon Musk. Now tell me in the history of the world, is there ever a guy what did he sell last year? He sold how many million was it? How many million dollars worth of shares of Bill, stock? Billion. Yeah, and what was his number? How many? What did he have uh, to was sell it for? Like four or six, something like he that. He had to sell it for tax reasons, and but the company has gifted him. He has more stock now than he had beginning of last year when he started selling. It. I mean, what what the bleep? <laughs> I mean, I I don't. I, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know how to how to how to handicap that. Can you? I mean, I mean, what? what is I, don't, I don't know how to handicap that either. But you know, I honestly believe that we're more fixated on how many shares and what his wealth is than he is. Well, obviously, but the you know, when we come back, I'm gonna I'm gonna run something to see if you guys talk about it in class because I if uh, if our friend Eric was was a guest lecturer he. He would talk about it, and I think it would it would uh, charge you up mentally, which you are anyway Ooh. in your class because it's it's fairly interesting. S and P futures up uh, we're up thirty four, Nasdaq futures up one fifty seven. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trade ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play
play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lord, welcome back. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tamara Eliani on the board. SP Futures. Up 33, Nasdaq futures up 153, Dow futures up 227. Just to let you know where we were yesterday, see how far we are back. Uh, Dow was down 42, mostly all, well I won't say mostly, at least half of it was probably, uh, Home Depot down 34 bucks. SP futures down 44, Nasdaq futures were down 166, so we're coming back a good chunk just about all over the place, uh, at least so far. DAX up 157, it's a full 1% now. What's he up 50.7%, CAC around up 79, it's 1.2%. We're in Asia, we got the Nikkei was closed, it appears. Uh, Shanghai up 32, that's 0.9%. Hang Seng up 140.6, but they were down like 2.5% yesterday, so they're, they're not making much of it back over in the Hang Seng. Uh, bonds up one uh, basis point, 1.96. Uh, Bund unchanged, 0.24. Japan unchanged, uh, 0.19. Oil uh, down 3 cents now, 91.98. Brent up 7. So quiet in the oil market, 96.91. Natural gas up 5 cents. 455, our Bob unchanged at 271, so very quiet in the oil patch. Gold down a buck, 1906, was down more than that earlier. Silver down three cents, 2427. And we have, uh, Bitcoin up a thousand, 38,991, still down from the 43,000 last week. Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sports, sunny out, sunny. Yes, finally the sun came out. Good morning everyone, currently 7.34 a.m. on February 23rd. Let's start with sports. Uh, in the NBA after a five game postponement due to some COVID-19 concerns. The Bulls will be playing ATL and the Suns will be playing OKC this February 24th, so look out for that. In the NHL, uh, Coyotes will be playing the Kings tonight, and uh, I believe the Hawks are playing this Friday, but uh, it didn't show who they were playing. There might be a postponement there as well. 
in college basketball, NIU loses to Eastern Michigan 72-74. Nothing to report for our friends in Phoenix. Weather, currently 18 degrees, partly cloudy in Chicago, with a high of 24 and a low of 17. In Phoenix, uh, partly cloudy, 53, with chances of rain, with a high of 54 and a low of 38. Traffic this morning, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45, uh, going all the way to downtown, approaching the 290 I-94 construction intersect, so look out for that. Traffic westbound on 290 between Homan and 9th. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between Lee Street and the 94 East Ramp. Traffic westbound on I-90 between Lawrence and Higgins. Traffic eastbound on 94 between the 90 East Ramp and Roosevelt. Traffic westbound on I-94 between 130th and Fullerton, so that's a massive stream of traffic there, so be mindful of that while you're driving this morning. And traffic northbound on I-55 between Route 71 and Damon. And that's all I have for you, Chief. So, uh, Russell, we have, uh, well, how, how does, how, how exactly are we going to, uh, well, I guess this is one of the reasons why when, when things are going good, and I'm sure you would tell your students and your family, who God knows everybody listens to you, but family doesn't listen to anybody, right? Uh, I'm sure you would say on your, on your best of days, if you're, when your daughter gets married and they both have a nice job, that you would not recommend that the, the mortgage, the two car payments, and the boat payment essentially max them out because if things are, if you max things out when things are going good, any little blip and you got a problem, right? I mean, it's hard to explain that sometimes to younger people because everything's always going to be better tomorrow. But it seems like we managed to get ourselves into this mess statewide, citywide, countrywide without a war, without a lot of stuff really bad. I mean, there's always some bad stuff happening, but uh, without any real massive crisis, and so now we're being put under pressure at a time when we are, are least able to deal with it. It appears to me. I don't know how you. I don't know how you wiggle out of. So how, how do you get? How do you get forty percent more of your of uh, money out of people when they don't have it? Credit cards. <laughs> well, the government's been doing that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, credit cards. That's I mean, I, I don't you, know. But see what eventually, this is the thing, is eventually you don't. And, you know, I, I think an anecdotal thing that, that's pointing to this, it really is Home Depot and Lowe's. And what I really would like to do is I'd like to re- read the transcript of, of Lowe's versus Home Depot, because Lowe's is a more discretionary purchase than Home Depot. Well, you know what? I've, uh, they they I've sell more appliances and stuff like that. In fact, I, I met the CEO of Lowe's once, and these were his words, not mine. Uh, I, but I, I said, you know, how do you guys differentiate yourselves from Home Depot? And he said, we're like Home Depot for women. He said, people are more comfortable. Women are more comfortable coming into a Lowe's and Home Depot and shopping for stuff because it's we're not as bare bones, and we in, you know include appliances and a bunch of other things as well. Uh, but I've always also. I've always thought of Lowe's versus Home Depot as like Target versus Walmart, whereas, you know, Home Depot is kind of a, a more of a budget-sensitive thing than Target, or I'm sorry, than Lowe's. Same thing with uh, Walmart versus Target. So, well, you know what's kind of... I mean, what, what it comes down to is eventually people, you, you, if you don't, eventually you hit a point where you can't buy anything, or you can't buy anything beyond essentials. Yeah. So, you know, do I want pretty flowers in the front yard this year? Well, pretty flowers cost me a couple hundred bucks each year, and I spent $200 extra on gas in February or in January or whatever, 
so I will be putting that off, or I just won't do that this year, or I'll, you know, grab grab some really cheap stuff from the jewel and, and try to make it look as good as I can. Well, you know, this is not a, this is not a shot at anybody, uh, like Lowe's included, but, uh, as you know, I've been, I, I, I kind of love doing remodeling and, uh, so I've been doing it for, you know, a bunch of years. And, uh, you know, I can tell you the differences between, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses of, of, of Menards and Home Depot and those kinds of places. And, uh, I, uh, I don't, I think in, in the 10 years I've been doing this, I think I've bought one thing at Lowe's. There's not a Lowe's near me. The store no, has no appeal to me. I, the Midwest is unusual because we have Menards. Yeah. And, uh, um, the only thing, the only thing I couldn't get at the other place I had to go to Lowe's to get what? was, 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 uh, one of, one of the bathrooms in my place. It's kind of done in a sort of an Art Deco thing. I needed, yeah. I needed black cock for bathroom, and Lowe's the only place that had it. Home Depot and Menards did not. So I went to mm-hmm. Lowe's. I got my black cock. I turned around and walked out. <laughs> but I mean, if you, I mean Home Depot, you're probably going to get help more by some people depending on the store. If you want serious lumber purchases, there's no comparison. You got to go to Menards. There's, yeah, there's no comparison. Yeah. You can drive out in the back, load up the truck, and. Uh, they 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 ordered stuff for me that Home Depot laughed at me. Lowe's Lowe's didn't want to talk like me. I ended up getting uh, from the back porch. Uh, get a load of this. It was uh, um, they had it's you know it's a three story porch, so the the, the main gir- the main posts were scabbed in right. So you know halfway mm-hmm. up you you cut it in half the four by sixes and then you bolt them together. Well, I didn't want that. I wanted one piece. The only place that would get me a 30-foot 4x6 was the Menards. They shipped it down from Wisconsin, you know, just for me. I had, I don't, wow. I, but Blows is like, eh, Home Depot, what are you even talking about? Even the, even the, some of the private yards, they got them. And uh, I'll tell you what, it is sturdy as all get out. And I had these couple of guys, you're talking about a quick story. The thing's 30-foot. And it's my, I've got this guy, from a Hispanic uh, carpenter, and he's, the guy's got one eye, right? And he's this big, huge guy. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know anybody's life story, but of course that doesn't stop Audrey. Um, so the guy's over putting this thing together. The guy goes and gets this thing himself. And I said, well, who helped you load it up? Ah, I just loaded it myself. Well, the dude has got the thing, it's, it's pointing straight up and it needs to be moved over a little bit. The guy wraps his arms around it, picks the sucker up and moves it by himself. <laughs> Well, that's, already, a back, that's just a back injury. My back hurt when you said that. Well, it turns out the guy was a bullfighter. The guy is strong as an eye. He lost his eye in a bull ring. Audrey, of course, finds out. I'm like, <laughs> I, I find some interesting characters, but when I saw this guy pick this thing up, I'm going, oh my god! I, mean, I don't, you know, the thing had to be, I don't know how many hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, thirty a thirty foot four by six for God's sake. I mean, it's a, maybe it's a six by it's, it's a huge thing. I mean, it might be a six by eight. It's it's, it's pretty darn big. Anyway, uh, but the Menards has all that stuff. I mean, I, I, all the uh, the deck boards and everything. But I, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know why I would ever go to Lowe's. But you know, the, the richest guy in in uh, in in, was, in Michigan is uh, the guy who owns Myers. You know, Bill Myers, whatever hell his name is. Mm-hmm. And, my, and the richest guy in Wisconsin is like Mort Myers. No, I think it's the Koch brothers, but he's my, close. He's close. Well, if you. Yeah. Um, anyway, so how, how he's, he's up there. He's, he's, I, I, I was getting. I was all prepared to correct you on the Wisconsin one. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, this if you did, I, I, I went to this thing about richest people in the state, and you click on a state; those are the two names that come up. But I don't, I don't know how accurate mm-hmm. it is. I mean, I mean, uh, anyway. But I, how I mean, th- we're in this kind of a mess now. We've got this this war thing going on. Um, I don't know what our we're going to you know do some sanctions. We have some people you know doing some stuff. But Europe, I don't know where this puts them. I mean, I, I don't know what exactly this guy. What do you What do you think? I've asked uh, uh, Jeff and Lou this. What do you think the economic advantages are to Putin for doing what he's doing? I mean, how, how long can he pay these soldiers? He, he's broke too. Um, I I think he's done. I think this was his intent all along was just to take these these few areas. Okay. I, honest, I honestly think it was like you know if you you. You ask for a mile if really you just want an inch or, or whatever. And, and personally, I think, you know, he, he has the way to kind of justify this, especially because I think a lot of the people were sort of happy he showed up. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I think he's done. Honestly, I think this is like it will be at a stalemate for a while. And, but I think the military part of it is done. And you know, and one of the reasons I think this is, you know, without picking on Biden, I mean, he's getting old. We're all eventually going to get old. But he kept he kept making these comments about, um, you know, that, that they may move a little bit. If, if Russia moves a little bit into Ukraine, we might not do it, do anything. Yeah, he, I forgot exactly how he was phrasing it. Right, it was like three, uh, like a month ago, two months ago. Yeah, and see, I think he kind of, I, I think he probably heard at some sort of briefing that, you know, we think his, we think really what he's trying to do is this, and just move into these parts, and, and then, you know, he'll back off. So, and that's why, why our, why our federal government, why, why, you know, the spokesman and everything else, they've been very reluctant to call this an invasion. Well, I mean, I, uh, so I, I'm I not... honestly think that, and I don't think, I don't think he's crazy. I think you you can't stay in power in a ruthless place like Russia as long as he has without being smart and without you know, without playing 3D chess all the time. And it would not surprise me in the least if all he was really shooting for is what he just got. He's going to back off a little bit from it, and it'll be just like Crimea, where eventually we just all think of it as part of Russia. Okay, so he's also was... playing a very long game, but I don't. I don't think under any circumstances he really wants to start World War Three. I probably don't disagree. I just don't I mean the game. But I'm you know I'm not a student of a huge World War Two history, but that's essentially was the Hitler playbook. Well, the, 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 well, the, the Hitler playbook was he. he the, the difference is they they did the thing, and I I. When I'm, when I can't sleep, I'm watching YouTube videos about World War II. Um, you know, if I, if I won the lottery and got to pick what I, I could do for the rest of my life, I'd probably be more of a historian than anything else. Um, and what, what Hitler did was, you know, they had some German speaking people over in, in Poland, uh, and so he, he said he was going to protect them, but he just kept going. Well, I mean, he you know, whereas Putin moved into where there's some Russian-speaking people, and it, there are some similarities there, but for right now, Putin has just stopped. Well, but it's if you and look at he's okay, I, he's he's more patient. So if you but if you add this to the Crimea, right. 
in the last decade, that's a lot. Yeah, but it's but he's been doing it over a very very long period of time. Well, you but he, and he's playing the same. And here, here's something else. Uh, I saw a uh, I saw a poll of Russian citizens, and it was only like eight percent of eight percent of people in Russia wanted a full invasion of Ukraine. Well, sure, there's a, there's the kids that are going to die. I, I didn't see numbers on the other thing, but I wonder if I wonder if they were more open to uh, just uh, taking over the parts of Ukraine that are on the border and mostly Russian speakers. Well, but okay, but uh, by the way, I'm not. I really hope you're right. I have a, I have a feeling that you are. Uh, but I think he's gone. Okay, but and the markets are telling me we're, oil's down, stocks are up a little bit. Oil's not down that much, but. It, it, I feel like the market, you always have to look at the numbers and go, okay, what's it telling us? Well, you're right. Hitler, Hitler was too impatient. It, you well, know, the, uh, what is Sudetenland was mostly German-speaking. The, what, what was the corridor between East and West Prussia? There was a, there was a separation. Well, those people had, had been German. Uh, yeah. But, but, but look at, what if it was us? What if, I mean, look, take Maine, for instance. People in Maine, yeah. don't, like, people in Maine don't like anybody, right? So, okay, northern Maine, they go... Hey, you know, the taxes are better in Canada and the hospitalization is better in Canada. We'd rather be in Canada. So this, Trudeau puts 50,000 troops on the border and they, 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 they grab northern Maine. And they say, oh, nobody, yeah. nobody gives a crap on northern Maine anyway. That's fine. Well, now, what is it, five years ago? Now it's, now it's New Hampshire and five years after that it's Vermont. They, they, that's, that's one of the advantages, especially when you're like president slash dictator for life. You know, if, if Biden wants to get something done, he's the clock's running on him. He's probably got three years, um, and just just due to age more than anything else, I think he's going to have a difficult time trying to get reelected. Um, Putin, he's got the long game. Xi over in China, both of those guys uh, don't really have to worry about getting reelected. And when you have that sort of flexibility. Um, you can play a much longer game than you can in the U.S. Well, I, you know, I, don't, I, don't I was I was thinking about honestly, I was thinking about this last night, and I was starting to wonder if maybe we, we should elect presidents to six-year terms instead of four, but limit them to one or something like that. So just so that we can play a little bit longer game, like than our, or you know, try to catch up in that aspect with our enemies. Well, but you don't. I don't know that you necessarily have to put it this way. I think you could put Roosevelt, Truman, Eisenhower, and maybe even Kennedy in a room and give them a test. Well, if you had to clone them back, I guess now, in a test of, of what our priorities were and where our spot was in the world stage. And I'll bet you all four of those guys line up almost exactly. But even though you changed people, you didn't change what America was, what it's going to be, what it is to the rest of the world, those kinds of things. Just because, I mean, obviously, when you start getting differences between Obama to Trump to Biden, I mean, how the hell can you possibly elect three people in a row like that? <laughs> With so, obviously, different views of what, what we're here for, what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, I mean, American people, that's squirrely that they can do that. I mean, does anybody really think that Eisenhower would have thought any different than Truman or, or Roosevelt or Kennedy? I don't think so. No. Well, in fact, I, I mean, I would, I would throw, um, not necessarily Carb, I'd throw Reagan, first Bush, maybe yeah. even Clinton in there to a certain point. Yeah. Um, but we've, we've definitely, uh, veered in a funny direction. Well, uh, we, where, 
you know, one group uh, one group wants to use the military and one group would really like to avoid using the military. Well, and, um, and although, don't... you know what, I don't think we initiated n- any new military action under Trump. No, I don't think we did. I mean, we, we maintained some status quo, but it's not like, and you would think that the Republicans would be of the mind, they're the ones that want to fight, 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 and the Democrats want to talk, talk, talk. Um, I don't think that's even necessarily true anymore. Well, except when you look at all the wars, most of them are under Democrats. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we we started the Iraq thing under Bush, and yeah. then, but it just continued under Obama forever. You know, thank yeah. God Joe Biden got us out of Afghanistan, though. Uh, well, you know, the, the last day is always a bad day. I'm not so sure they couldn't have done it better, but... I had actually dinner with a, with a client. I, I think we could. I think we could have done it better communicating with our allies because we just kind of. And I'm not talking about just our just people in Afghanistan. I'm talking about the other countries that had military there. And they were finding out that we were leaving, and and what our plans were pretty much on CNN. I think it's not a good luck. I think if there was a fault, uh, Russell, and of course we never we never go back and actually review anybody's. Action, you know, nobody. We, the government never gets their 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 paper graded. No, well, they sort of. They do. Well, the, the the polls go up and down. And, but I'm saying it's not the same you know, as you got to make sure you got to you know you got to make sure that you're you're doing just enough to get a C, because the C will is passing and will get you reelected. Well, I'm, but we we're talking about how many years were we there? We're, I mean, yeah. getting, getting, we're, getting, I know it was, but getting elected is. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like whacking a fly with a sledgehammer. I mean, it, it tells you a lot of things, but you don't know exactly what it's telling you. You know, it, you know, there's a lot of things in there, but I'm talking about how, how exactly, if there was a, uh, a book that needed to be written, that of course nobody want to read, uh, I want to know how the hell we're in a, we're in a place for, how many years were we there? 20? Oh God, 20 plus, yeah. Alright, how, how do, how are we there? With gobs of money, every contractor making a fortune. The people who are, you know, are, are, are making dinners for the soldiers have, have all gotten rich between the, you know, dreams of avarice. All this stuff. They weren't even, they weren't even soldiers. They were all these contractors and things making all the dough. And how is it that after twenty some years, we don't, we had no idea that the second we're leaving, the Taliban was in a more control than they were than when we got there. That they managed, that they managed to take the place over in what a week. How could, it oh, been, yeah. how could it have been any worse if we never got there? All right. the, you know, the only thing that could possibly be worse is you know, if they were able, for the last 20 years, they were able to focus on building themselves up to go out and do bad things to the rest of the world. Yeah, but I mean, how, how were we yeah, deluding but, ourselves? Tell you my, my big agreement, here, here's my, you know, everybody, you know, Sites that there were no weapons of mass destruction in anything, you know, all those types of things after 9-11 as far as we weren't justified in, in going out and taking the fight outside the U.S. But W. was interviewed once and he said, uh, he was asked about the military actions outside of the U.S. and what he was doing and he, he said, I think it's better that we take the fight to them than we sit here and let them continue to bring the fight to us. And we haven't had a major uh, terrorist incident in the U.S. while we were doing all of that. Now, the Taliban, who's not a big fan of the U.S., uh, 
would probably be would welcome folks with open arms that have some sort of five year master plan to, you know, take down the Sears Tower or something like that. And and so I, I do think that I do believe, and I'm not saying it was worth the cost, but I do believe one of the objectives behind going into Iraq and going into Afghanistan was for the fighting to be over there and not here. I don't I don't dis, I don't. Uh disagree with that at all i just it, but it, it, it became its own adventure over there where people are making yeah. dough people are it becomes a it's a profit it's a profit center for too many people I mean, right obviously we have we, we didn't accomplish anything or else they wouldn't have been able to take the place back over again in a month i we, do well i do think that we accomplished something i really do i yeah. think we accomplished well we're talking at two um, different levels here i'm saying the, the money yeah. we spent on the afghan army the afghan government I mean, when, you, when you've got a guy telling Biden he's in for the last minute on the phone, and, and two days, and two hours later he's the first helicopter out. Clearly, we, didn't, oh, we were back in the wrong guy. <laughs> I mean, oh, tell, tell me, you would have? I would have been the first guy out. <laughs> but I, well, I'm just saying. But, sorry, but, but how much? Sorry, money I would have. I, yeah, I'll fully admit that one. I mean, do we really? Do we really need to give I, one of my buddies from college? His kid was over there. He was one of the guys that went to the. Taliban leaders was giving them a hundred dollar bills, trying to buy them over to our side. They're not on our side. We just gave them all hundred dollar bills. I mean, we, 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 it should have been obvious day one that this was a disaster. You think you think those guys did like like we would at Halloween with the really good house, and they they changed their look around a little bit and got back in line for the hundred bucks? Uh, pretty much. I, 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 this has to be God. It was a long time ago. We were younger. This kid. Uh, I said, well, "What what do you think is the solution over there?" And he was, I don't know what he was, not special forces, but he was a liaison or something, something. Real nice kid. And, uh, well, boy, I mean, plus he have to have balls to do that, right? And, uh, yeah. And he, he goes, you know what? The, whatever the one area is where all the Taliban, those people are, he goes, they just want to be the way they are. They want to be like the mountain people in, in Pakistan. And he goes, the other people on the other end of the country, I don't know if it's north or south, they want to be a lot like the U.S. We, whoever drew the boundary, drew the boundary wrong. Draw a line down the middle. And one half, everything will be probably okay. The other half, just let them do what they're doing, whatever they want to do. Because the idea of of, of this being a nation state, it's never it's never been. No. The, 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 the boundaries are drawn by. I mean, why 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 do you think that Iraq was such a a problem? With who, who drew the boundaries? T. S. Lawrence and Winston Churchill. And they they put every every kind of person that didn't get along in that area, sort of like Yugoslavia, all these places. Let's, the, the only people that could run the place was some some fascist. I mean, some guy like Saddam, or people, yeah. you know, or and who was the who was the guy over in Yugoslavia? Was it Tito or something? Some of those guys are gone. The place just hey, guess what? The Slovaks don't like the Croatians. Well, duh. I mean, have they ever? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that the, the Sunnis don't like the other guys in, in in Iraq. Well, did they ever? The only guy who kept the only thing guy who kept them, you know, I won't say civil because I don't know what that term even means over there was Saddam Hussein because they were afraid of him, right? Yeah. So we take him off. And we think. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, unfortunately, there there are some situations that you you need. Yeah. I went to a Dallas Fell High School where they where they hit us on a pretty regular basis, and God knows we deserved it. Um, but the kind of people that got sent to that school uh, were a bunch of juvenile delinquents that probably <laughs> we all we all needed a little discipline. 
Uh, whereas, you know, if you if you talk about an elite boarding school, maybe you need a slightly different type of discipline, but it's not, you know, corporal-type punishment. Uh, we at, at CBHS, we needed strong leadership to keep us in line. And there are and there are, and if you throw a bunch of juvenile delinquents together in a high school, damn it, you probably <laughs> probably do need the strong. And and we did the same thing to different parts of the world. I'm just saying we as you know uh, Anglo-Saxons or whatever. And you know I, I think without the knowledge of who liked who, we just kind of painted them all with one broad brush and didn't realize that. Uh, different groups of Muslims did not like different groups of Muslims. Well, and the whole idea of democracy, I mean, we got a dash, but there's no, you can't put democracy in a place where people aren't used to, okay, I lost an election, I'll give the power over to somebody else. <laughs> Nobody does that except people in Europe and, and here, right? I mean, uh, or, or the and, idea that... And reluctantly and, here. Yeah, and reluctantly here. <laughs> or, or you lose an election and, you, and for the next four years you try and get your game back together and you try again. That, that, those Those things are they they take a lifetime for people to learn the the, the loyal opposition right i mean yeah. it, those concepts are, are they're they're kind of uniquely european and us wouldn't you say yeah anyway Most uh, definitely right, have a good week bud uh i still want to come to right. one of these classes one of these days I, i'll be sitting in the back row and i promise not to oh. raise my hand Hey, I taught my first in-person mba class last night man i love it down here really Some smart people what's the course what's the name of the course uh, it's just uh, financial management. Cool. I think. All right, Something like that. I'm so happy you landed in a good spot. Uh, S&P Futures, where are we here? The uh, S&P Futures uh, up 29. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.